You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. TechFan Podcast number 502. I'm Tim Robertson, and that's David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. How are you this fine Sunday morning? Well, we've afternoon both, for you. We've both just been complaining about how tired we are. Yep. Tired. <laughs> I've got a busy day ahead of me today and next week and... Yep. You know, car business never stops. Everyone's always buying cars. Usually January's pretty slow, but I was actually really busy this last month. Don't really? Yeah. Yeah, yep. the, the, the usual things in economies and all that are all changed at the moment, it seems like. Yeah, but when you need a car, you need a car. Yeah, I know. But, so good that, but that's what I mean. It's not necessarily as seasonal as it normally is. No, people have been, I think a lot of people have been putting decisions off for a while, and they're now going right now. We're going to do it. Yeah, I had a couple of those. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, been a pretty weird January in that we had a lot of snow, we had a lot of school closures, and so I wasn't expecting to sell a lot of cars, but I ended up selling a lot of cars. Yeah, yeah, which is good because that's how I make my money. So obviously, yeah. yeah. That's a nice so I, thing. I I was in I was in Paris last week and I hired a Tesla. and drove that for a few days. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. It was well. The, the annoying thing about the Model Three is that the uh, when you sit inside it, the inside of the car that you can see is not the full width of the car. Right, it kind of bulges out below the cabin line, and you can't see that from inside the car. And then when then when you go abroad, so you change seats the other side as well it's very difficult to judge where the edge of the car is yeah um so i curved it a couple of times which was uh, kind of annoying tesla but, has a you know, recall because the some light i don't remember which light now on the dash is too small to really see well i don't yet yeah, tesla keeps saying they've got recalls but all they do is do software updates because there are no physical lights on the dash it's all in that one big screen right and both uh, Charlotte, my 14-year-old daughter, and I, when we got in the car, we both agreed that was kind of stupid. In fact, there's lots of things on the Tesla that are kind of stupid. When we when we got out to the car, obviously with a with a rental car, they don't give you, uh, they can't give you like the phone app or anything like that. So they gave me the keys, and the key for the Tesla, I didn't realise at the time, is just basically like a credit card, so an NFC card. Um, they didn't tell me this, so I get out to the car and I can't get it open. <laughs> and I'm looking and I go, well, I've got no button. And I thought maybe I had to wave it over the lock, so I did all of that, didn't do anything. So I went back inside and said, I can't get in the car. And they, they go, oh, they go, oh, you not had Tesla before? And I went, um, I don't know why they were Spanish, because it was Paris. Um, I went, no, I've not had a Tesla before. Oh, we thought, we thought, we thought you, you knew Tesla. So anyway, they took me out there and they showed me how to open it, which was to take this card and to wave it over the, or well, basically swipe it down over the um, the metal the the metal door frame behind the front door. Yeah, that makes perfect yeah. logical sense. Well, exactly. And I said to Charlotte, I said, I said, here we are, uh, Elon Musk reinventing something that didn't need to be reinvented. Yeah. <laughs> and then I get in the car and it was dark and I couldn't see how to get it going because the all the controls inside the car if they're not on the actual main screen we quickly googled how to turn the main screen back from french to english but if they're not on the main screen you can't see them because they're all black made in black plastic with raised black patch ridges on so you can't see them in the dark and i couldn't see which of the stalks behind the wheel i actually needed to manipulate to get the car going um so we had another 10 minutes head scratching that and so yeah it, it's a it's an exercise in frustration because actually the core experience is electric car. It's quite good, and the actual it actually drives better than my Volkswagen. But um, there's so many things about it we don't like. And my my daughter and I both agreed having everything on the main screen is stupid. She said there's so much space in here to put stuff, and they've stuck it all on the main screen. Doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and what happens is, uh, I, I was joking with her. I said, I hope I don't need to beat the horn at everybody because I reckon that's three different touch screen uh, touches through three different panels before you find a horn button. Tesla had a bad month um, in PR because we it yeah. got really cold here in the Midwest and in Chicago. There were hundreds of Teslas that just wouldn't run. 
Yeah. The batteries just wouldn't take a charge. You couldn't charge them. You couldn't do anything. Yeah. And that's the problem with electric cars that, you know, we've jumped into this so fast that they haven't fixed these glaring problems yet. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. You, you, what do you do in that situation? Well, yeah, there's no answer. Te- they haven't tested them for the edge cases. They've tested them for what they think, but that's based on... Edge cases the isn't the Midwest of the United States where 50 million people live. That's not an edge well, case. Well, it's an edge case if you live in California, which is where it, no, it's That's a different build. case. That's not an edge case. An edge case makes it sound like yeah. this is rare. Cold no, weather in the, in the world is not rare. Yeah. And, yeah, but and to, there's to fixes California, that they don't bother. That is to California. That is an edge case. That's the problem. Yeah. It's people think you know where where they live is is how everywhere is and this is why we don't take teslas as a trade they're garbage they're just not good yeah. cars and mm-hmm. nobody wants them when they're used interestingly Uh-oh. yeah i think we talked about it hertz who i rented from yep. um, are apparently getting rid of all their teslas because they find them too expensive to run yeah they and if something goes wrong you know hertz people can't work on them yeah like a regular yeah. car yeah. or even a hybrid but mm-hmm. a long time, long way to go before, you know, and I still am not convinced electrification is the answer. I really am not, especially with what we have to use to charge them with. So, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, we're not going to get there tomorrow. We're not going to get there the day after tomorrow. It's going to be a long time, unfortunately, but it is what it is. Um, this is a big week in technology, if you're an Apple fan, because the Vision Pro was released. Yep. It's in the wild, as they say. Uh, and, of course, we've already seen the pictures of idiots driving with them, walking around with them, um, all these things that Apple explicitly tells you not to do. Yeah. Um, so you get Well, you have that. to hook it to a Mac, don't you? What, to start it up? No. No, it's an compu- independent computer. Hmm. Yeah. But, and, but, and, and the shtick... What Apple has pulled off here is that the augmented reality pass-through is the best that anybody's ever done. That's why it's $3,500. The problem is it still doesn't mean it's good enough to just keep the things on and use them to look at the world through when you're doing life-critical things like crossing the street or driving a car. Yeah, Um, you you look like an idiot if you do that. Not only if you look like an idiot, but it's dangerous because you are you're effectively looking through a screen and the screen is going to have delay and it's going to have um, things that it may not pick up and that sort of thing. And if you're doing something like driving a car, then you're an idiot quite apart from why should you be driving a car when you've got uh, computer displays coming up in front of your face? Ridiculous. That's called a Tesla. (laughs) No, no, because these are right in front of your face rather than the, uh, the only good thing that Tesla has going for it is that all that stuff is kind of down out of your vision. So you, you, you can't really get distracted unless you look at it. However, unfortunately, so a lot of it you need to look at in order to drive the car. So it, it's, it's yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. Um, apart from that, though, you know, I'm, I'm reading a lot of the reviews. A lot of people are saying it's heavy, to which I go, duh. Uh, first generation product it's you know um i'm still trying to figure out what it's for though i I haven't got to that i i I still don't know what it's for it's it's a different way of computing yeah um but whether we need it or not i think the jury's still out um well there's a lot of people you know there's a lot of people say well i'd i'd rather compute using a screen and then i'm open to the world i can see what's going on around me rather than because clo- the problem is even with the pastor you are effectively closing yourself off to the world yeah now you know my view on that is that most people will like i think will like that most people walk around with their faces stuck down in their phone and the ability to do that without actually looking down the phone and hold the phone i think that's going to be attractive to a lot of people when the price is right um but you know there's a long way to go to get to that and in the meantime the platform has to kind of take off and survive with the fact that it's three and a half thousand dollars and not many people are going to have them Um, and it's interesting to see i think the developer community seems to be embracing it um more uh, rapidly than perhaps we first thought there's not there's most people who seem to get one seem to think it's really cool and want to develop for it if they're developers um, obviously, what we're not seeing at the moment, because it's mostly developers who can afford to buy them, is we're not seeing 
what consumer interest would would be it's because at that sort of price no it's not a casual consumer purchase so nobody's picking it up and going oh well i i don't know what to do with it because most people who are buying it have an idea what they want to do with it at the moment which is normally to develop something or um you know write I, I think something I, like that. Um, I would disagree with you i think 70 percent of people who bought one bought it because it's the new hot thing from apple and they want to have the latest and greatest thing they a lot of them want to make youtube videos and you know um if it was fifteen hundred dollars i'd buy one yeah me too thirty five hundred dollars i'm not even it's not even consideration and it's not that i don't have the money it's just that to me it would be a clock to me i look at it and i go okay at the end of the day i just have a big screen that's all i'm getting over and above what I can do with either my phone, my iPad, or my Mac. There, there's no benefit. None. Well, what can I do on that that I can't do with those devices I already have? And if I want to play me, games, yeah. I get the, the Sony VR because that's the best of the breed. Yeah. I, it, it is interesting that, I to me, one of the things that holds it back as a computing platform is that it's effectively it's an iPad on your face. Yeah. Um, and I have an iPad, and the iPad is good at a lot of things, but it's not remotely good for everything that I need. I need to have more computers than that. And obviously, with the uh, Vision Pro, yeah, you can link it to your Mac and have your Mac screen in, in the environment the, that you're creating. Um but that that's not compelling enough for me to want to buy one at, at that sort of price. No, and the other even thing if it I is a five K monitor, who cares? Yeah. I mean, it, the other thing is, it, it, you and I both know that we've had the we we've both got the MetaQuest, and yep. it's one of those things you kind of try it out and you kind of think it's cool, but then you don't. It doesn't become part of your everyday life. No, unless you're going to play some games on it often, it's just not worth the price. Well, you know, I. I, you see, for me, I play a lot of games, but I don't play them on my iPad. I play them on my Steam Deck, or I play them on a computer. Um, yeah. And that the the App Vision Pro does not help you there. You can't no. even, you know, if it had an HDMI port and you could plug an external thing into it and put it inside that environment, that would be more interesting. But it doesn't do that. No. So, um, yeah, I, it'd be interesting. I mean, let's remember this is the first gen yeah i'm not knocking it for the potential because i don't know what the potential is i'm knocking it for the price and it's limited um utility right now yeah and i think what will happen is the next one will be cheaper it will be better and um it will also be focused on the things that apple looks at the market and see what people are doing with it just in the same way just in the same way the apple watch did where when they launched it had a whole load of functions that they you know there were there was the touch, <laughs> touch somebody else remotely yep. um, function and stuff like that. And it doesn't do that anymore. By because, the way, do you have your uh, watch on? I do, yeah. Okay, put it in your lap. I'm going to touch you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, it, it's, yeah. So You never know what's going to take off. That's the thing. But launching but, a new platform, and that's essentially what they did here. This is a brand new platform, even more so than the Apple Watch. This is yeah. akin to an iPhone or an iPad. Um, because the iPad, honestly, is the iPhone. That's what it launched as. It's a bigger iPhone, except you can't make phone calls on it. And that was the appeal. And a lot of people panned it for that. But I was, you know, I remember doing OWC Radio at the time when it first came out back in 2010. And I said, yes, that's the point. It's a bigger iPhone. Everything I like to do on my phone that's too small, because remember, we didn't have the great big giant iPad or iPhones yet. Um, yeah. I can do it on my iPad. It's better for browsing. It's better for gaming. It's freaking sweet, and I loved it. And I still do. Yep. But I don't know what that is with the Vision Pro. No, and I, not. I'm not knocking it for that because you can't create something new in a vacuum that's for a consumer product um, that is this technologically advanced without putting it out there and letting see letting developers because. As great as we love what Apple released with the original iPhone, it wouldn't be nearly as popular as it is today, nor the Google platform, if it wasn't for the third parties creating all these different apps to make it much more useful. Exactly. You know, what? I mean, think about your iPhone. How many times do you actually use Apple's own products? I don't use Apple uh, Maps. No. I Well, I use Apple Maps, um, but I, I don't use Apple Mail. I use um, Outlook. Um, I think the vast majority of 
the apps that I use on my iPhone are not Apple ones. They're from right. You're parties. using the phone app and yeah. you're using messages, right? Yeah. Beyond that, well, maybe music. Some people might use the built-in podcast app, but it sucks compared to the third parties. But that's yeah, the point. To, you you got to release yeah. something like this out there and let developers show you what's good about this. Um, I don't know what it is yet. Maybe you and I are just too old. We don't have that creative bone that you need in your you know mid to late twenties or early thirties to to say, oh, this is that. They can see the future. We we've, we've seen yeah. too much, David. The only bone I've got aches first thing in the morning, mm. <laughs> and then the rest of the day. <laughs> I kind of think I wish I could have this bone replaced with a new one. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, um, and, and look, you know, you and I have both talking, have, 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 talking, have talking. both spoken we many times good. Yeah, about um, lack of innovation in the phone space, lack mm-hmm. of innovation. So everything is a copy of everything else. This is Apple doing something brand new. Well, no. Um, well, no, they are, because their approach they've taken is completely different to what everyone else was doing, VR, closed on headsets. And Apple said, no, we're going to do something different. This is, and this is not an entertainment device or a video device. This is those things, but it's actually primarily a, this spatial computing platform. The idea is, is that you're going to put your computing stuff hanging in front of your face and you can still see the real world. That's completely different to what pretty much everybody else except for Magic Leap has tried to do with this space. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, thank goodness that Apple has the time and the money and the commitment to actually try and do that. And I hope they stick with it and they don't, this doesn't become the Apple hi-fi <laughs> or one of the other products where they've killed it off the first generation. Cause it's not been big enough. I think, I, don't it, think I think this is too expensive to do that. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. I think this is, this is their next big play and they will adapt it based on, on how the market responds to it. But um, there's certainly no doubt that when Apple goes big into a market, you expect things to happen. And what have we seen? The quest three, which came out earlier this year um, had a rapid revision before it launched. So it had, three color cameras on the front so it can do something that approximates what the uh what the vision pro does in terms of it has it has a mode where you can actually use it and see the environment around you yep. and and already i guarantee you that samsung and uh, a couple of the other big uh, japanese manufacturers and korean manufacturers and chinese manufacturers will be looking to clone something like the uh, vision pro at a lower price point um, and those are going to be interesting too. Yeah, and so, that will force Apple to get a little bit cheaper as well. Um, well, yeah, yeah, but let's face it, Apple's never going to be. You know, those guys are going to release stuff around the five hundred dollar mark, uh, and uh, Apple's always going to. I'd be surprised if this ever goes below fifteen hundred dollars. No oh, I agree with you. Yeah. Cost optimize it. So, um, and hopefully, it's always going to be a better experience than those. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It is um, interesting to see. I don't say I hope it's a better experience. New. I just hope that they all get better. Yeah. Um, you know, every review I've read says it's amazing. When yeah. you're you, when you're using it, it's just amazing, and you know it's it, it's a very short learning curve because there's no physical controllers like the MetaQuest or the Sony yeah. system. It's just your hands, um, and it does a really good job of you know seeing your gestures. Um, which I guess it rules it out for porn then. Um, <laughs> well, it depends if it, if it really does see your gestures, it might make the porn better. Uh, no, I don't, th- <laughs> unless you like the wheel of fortune, big wheel, that spins around. <laughs> Why is my windows constantly? Um, wow. I wonder, when I, uh, yeah, I wonder, I wonder in the uh, porn mode, what the eyes on the front show. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> now, uh, no, the thing that does—that's why they had the see-through so you can see the environment. Yeah, you know. exactly. The, uh, the what does make me laugh is the the one thing that I think has been pretty much universally panned is this avatar mode where it scans your face and then it produces like a virtual recreation of you to use on video calls, and ba- <laughs> it looks like a bad GTA Four model yeah. of you. Um, it looks like all the faces I've seen look like they've been sculpted out of a potato. Yes, and then and then animated. Um, and yeah, it's just I mean, everyone, and then everyone goes, "Oh, it's only beta." It's just like, yeah, I think Apple. The, the don't that's, come that's out there. That's something where uh, it's clearly it's going to disappear mm-hmm. um, because because it's just it's hot. It's real uncanny valley stuff. Yes, um, and uh, and it's not good. 
No, I, I want the ones that they showed in Avengers Endgame, where it's just kind of this blue shimmering curtain that I just kind of appear in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you know. want to look like you want to look like you're um, some sort of alien god, mm-hmm. kind of coming out of particle physics. That's right. That's, you know, that's, that's the fun really, part. I, I, I mean, I think they should have lent into using the graphics power of this thing to create really cool virtual avatars. I want to look like a, a horned demon with the, whose head is on fire when I'm on a video call. Because that's how I feel most of the time, to be honest. Yes. When, I, when I'm talking to my colleagues. It's, I want to feel, I want them to feel I am the Lord of Evil, because that's how they make me feel. <laughs> so I sent you a video. You did. And uh, I don't know if you watched it or not. I did. Now, Cole, my son, 16-year-old, saw me watching this video, and he goes, oh, I know that guy, the guy that does the video. I guess he does a lot of these. I don't, yeah, I'm too old. I don't know. But it was a very interesting video about the new AI pin from Humane. Um, Yeah. It's like the front of an Apple Watch that you pin to yourself. Well, this is, I mean, we've just been lauding Apple for trying to launch something new. This is what happens when you try and launch something new, but you don't have the resources or the or the engineering talent. Or, quite frankly, the, the the, it's a dumb idea. Yeah. You know, okay, I get the appeal of an Apple Watch mixed with a Star Trek communicator. Great. With a really, really 80s-style laser display that can throw out, you know, a, a simplistic graphic like the time yeah. uh, or a text message. But... The whole idea behind this is, and number one, the presentation is awful. The The two people that run this company should never, ever appear in front of a camera. They are it, it, just so bad at it. Well, it, it, it comes across like in order to create this product, they had to sell their soul. Uh, yes. But the, the demon took the soul before they were finished because yes. they are dead behind the eyes. Yeah, there's nothing there. They're, <laughs> the man That's and the woman, I don't know who their names are. I don't no. care. It's, it's part. Awful. It's part of the thing that the guy in the video, uh, I mean, really gets some mileage out of is, is how how lacking in charisma these this pair are. It's so bad. But the problem is, is that is that you know they are trying to. Uh, they presumably have some real passion for this project, though they don't show it in the video. But um, so much passion that they felt it's our product. We have to demonstrate it. They there were some serious Steve Jobs envy going on here. A little um, bit. Yeah. But um, hell, Steve it, Ballmer. Uh, I mean, come on. It's just like if you're trying to. I mean, the concept behind the product is really difficult to understand because it's not a great idea. And so, really, what you need is you need to have somebody who's a great communicator to really try and bring your message across. And and these these guys fail. I well, mean, not only do they fail, the, f- the product itself is just a stupid idea. It's well, like okay, the, imagine Siri or Google Assistant, but no screen and it just talks to you and it, and there's a built-in camera so they show the best case scenarios and they're like it's not listening and it's not uh doing anything until you interact with yeah. it and you're like well it's not recording okay. all the time yeah which is a good thing in one respect but on the other respect the problem is that means you've got to interact with it to get it to do anything and it has no context right i mean so the uh, yeah i mean we talked about what is the vision pro for the real question for me is what is this for what what problem is this trying to solve because this does nothing that you can't already do on your phone easier and better does it worse (laughs) yeah i like the like the one ladies in their demo is wearing the pin right yeah and it's on her chest looking forward and this little kid starts to walk and he's like and she touches it. She goes, record this moment. You're recording the ceiling. Yeah. You're going to, you got to, you got to aim your chest exactly where, it, you know, it, you're wearing it re- high up on your yeah. chest. There is it's a reason. It's pointing upward. Yeah. Even when, there is a reason when, even when people take selfies for Instagram, they tend to do it in front of a bathroom mirror. Yes. Because you can see what the phone is seeing. Yes. Uh, if you've ever tried to take a picture of yourself using the actual main camera on your phone and you think, oh, okay, I'll just point it at myself and I'll, I'll, I'll hit the volume button for the shutter and it'll be cool. And then you come out and yeah, you've, you've off frame because you can't see. 
right. where the camera is pointing. Right. And all, we all assume that the cameras kind of work like our eyes and look at what we want to look at, but they, we don't realize our eyes are kind of swiveling to get that attention. And cameras yes. can't do that. So they just take a field of view. And very often the thing you want is not centered in that field of view. So, yeah, this is garbage. And it Unless- plays music. Oh, great, because people want to listen to your music on a teeny tiny awful-sounding well, little speaker. To oh, be that fair, sounds lots fun. Of, lots of people do do that with their phones, which is really, really irritating. Mm-hmm. Also, as well, lots of people now do seem to have forgotten that you can put your phone to your head and use it as a telephone. They all, they're all talking to the bottom of the phone, like they're on The Apprentice, um, with the speaker on. So, uh, you know, again, <laughs> it's, this is bringing some of the worst features of smartphones to the badge on your chest. Yes. Wow, thank, thanks for that. It's just awful. The whole and, and, and the, and the execution is, is, is terrible. Yeah. The the thing is, there is this is basically an Apple Watch taken with the screen removed, taken yes. and put on your chest. Yes, that is effectively what it is. The world is not asking for that because no. that most people who want something that does that will buy an Apple Watch or a Google Wear watch or one of those other things that complements your phone. And it's seven uh, to eight hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. It's it, um, it, 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 it's a it's not even something trying to solve a problem. There's no problem that it solves. Look, I don't think either of us are probably the sort of guys who think that focus groups are necessarily the world's best thing. Um, because I think a lot we, you know, a lot of things in technology get driven by focus groups and uh, talking to people and getting their ideas. And I think somebody at Apple once said that, um, you know, our job is to come up with the ideas that people haven't thought of. But... In this case, you have to wonder, did they ever show this to anybody outside the company? And did those people not give them honest feedback to say, yeah, I don't understand what this is for? They did. It was Satan. Don't you remember? He stole their souls (laughs) afterwards. Uh, Because this just looks like, uh, I mean, they, the other thing as well is they did the whole, um, oh, we're not going to tell anybody, anybody about this thing until it's ready to launch. Right. Yeah, so there was all this mystery marketing going on. And it turns out the reason for that is because had they told people about this earlier, people would have gone, no, not for me. Yeah, they'd um, have been like, that's a dumb know, idea. Why are, you, why are you spending money on that? You're not solving any problems. Everything you now, say this thing does, an iPhone or the cheapest Android device that costs $99 does it better. Yeah. It does, uh, so does it better. Now, I one has to wonder whether they will retain enough funding to actually come up with a version two no, of this product. No, this is a dead product at launch. No, this is dead at launch. There, nobody is going... Anybody who is investing in tech has a phone. They have a phone. I think that they probably pitched this to their initial investors, and I know they kicked in a lot of their own money, uh, which, man, I hope they own their houses, because if yeah. you got a mortgage, you're probably going to lose it. Um Anybody who invests in tech is going to see the demo of it with the shipping product, not a whole bunch of you know false platitudes before it comes out, and we're really not showing everyone and you know, a pie in the sky stuff that it's going to be able to do. I like they said, and this is running on our own network, uh, running through T Mobile. Well, then it's not your network. No, stupid. That that one ticked me off. They're like, it's our it's our network. Um, I, I, it's but, your network again, inside the device, but <laughs> it doesn't go I any farther. I don't understand the point of that. Yeah, People are not afraid of using cellular networks. No. Uh, and encryption is a solved problem. So if, you want, if you're worried about privacy, you don't need to create your own mo- mobile virtual network no. inside on T-Mobile. You just use their network and you encrypt everything yep. until it goes to where it needs to go. Yeah, it, so. it, it, it's it's. Look, I, this is a show called Tech Fan. Yeah, I, I think we're both excited about the Vision Pro, as long as it was affordable. We'd be all in yeah. if it was affordable. For us, it's oh, really. Uh, if Apple it's contacts us off this show and says, "Would you like one to review?" Um, I'm all over that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm all so, for it. You know, so call us Apple. But if Humane contacts us off the show and says, oh, you don't understand our product, would you like to try one? I'd try one, but I'd, I would have very low expectations. Yeah, I, I, I'd i be like, you're probably not going to like what I say about yeah. it, but you can send one. Um, yeah. Uh, so and, we're and excited the, about the reality, new tech, but this, yeah. isn't, this is just dumb. Yeah. 
the reality is this has been on the market for a couple of months and there's been nobody going, you know what, this works for this, this works for that. Yeah, nobody is, nobody is nobody talking is, about it. Everyone who got the review units has either not used them or has used them for a day, put them back in the box. So Yeah, no, no there's nothing out there on this. Yeah. The only reason I learned that it was already released, because I knew about it for a little while, was because of this video that just popped up in my uh, YouTube stream. And I was like, oh, what is this? And I was laughing. It was cracking me up. The guy was really good. He's a young kid. He's probably 22, 23 years old. Yeah. Um, but he is, he nails this thing and destroys these people in this company and his, uh, it's, fa- it's very well done because he well really, done. he, he does it in a way where, um, he's, he, you know, he's skewing in the right things and yes. he's not got, he's not got too much of that cocky arrogance that, um, that we demonstrate, for example. Yeah, well, we're um, all bastards. That, that, yeah. That's kind of annoying from young people. Um, he, he really does a very, good job on this yes um and and it's entertaining yeah and and can we talk about youtube for a minute yeah so i'm annoyed because i um i bought a samsung phone recently and i got no sorry i tell a lie it wasn't it was a a chromebook an enterprise chromebook yeah that i bought used off some guy on ebay Uh, and it came with three months of youtube premium so i currently have youtube without the ads and you know what? It's really wonderful. I know. I'm I watching for it. a lot of YouTube I because all the ads are gone. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, for me, is that is that it's great, but it's it's 13 quid a month. Yeah, it's but we double. pay. We use a lot of YouTube in uh, the living room, and I watch a lot of YouTube. And I, to me, it just for, it's one thing if I'm sitting in front of a computer and watching YouTube, and I have to see an ad every now and then I'll just mute it and go to a different window or something. If we're watching something on YouTube in the living room on the big screen and an ad pops up, it's awful because it will simply repeat the same ad like two or three times. Yeah, but also, oh my God. On a 25 minute video, you'll see an ad three times Mm -hmm. and it will just stop in the middle of the stream. Well, that's only because the the creator didn't make a logical place to break. But but most of them do that. And the point is, is that it's awful. And YouTube Premium fixes that, but it's double the cost of Disney+. Plus. It's not good value for money. No matter how much you watch YouTube, I would not pay um, 150 quid a year for YouTube Premium to not have ads. It's ridiculous money. And that's my problem with it, is that they've basically made the free version so horrible you don't want to use it. And yet the 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 uh, the premium version without the ads is unaffordably expensive. Yeah, and this is from yeah. a company that's profiting billions every year. Exactly, because when you're using YouTube Premium, then they're watching what you watch, and so they're stealing your data at the same time. Yeah, right. So the deal is not there, which is meant to be there. If they if they said to watch YouTube with fewer ads, you had to log into it. Uh, I could live with that. Right, but I can't. I can't. You know, this having it free is great, but I'm thinking, oh, well, I'm gonna. I'm just not gonna watch YouTube again after this this um, premium trial finishes because I'm not gonna pay that sort of money. It's just barking. Yeah, it's expensive, no question. Um, yeah. We pay for it because we watch a lot of YouTube. So yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it is hard to swallow when it's that expensive and the company's banking that much money. And then they talk about all these layoffs. Google just announced like thousands of layoffs. And it's like, wait a minute, you guys are making bank right now. You guys are, it's not like you're, why are you laying these people off? Because because these companies are all driven by Wall Street. Exactly. Uh, and, and Wall Street at the moment is expecting all the te- tech companies to be making cost savings. So they all are. They're all copying each other. Except for Apple. Well, time will tell. Well, Apple's never gone through these big layoffs like this. Don't, have, don't they do big layoffs no. at all, ever? Uh-uh. No? Well, okay. way back in the uh, 90s they did. Right. Okay. But they were that was for a reason. They were they were going yeah. bankrupt. They were going to go well, under. Well, yeah, that, and, and that is when you expect big exactly. companies to make layoffs. But, uh, you know, when I you're When you're making, when your profit is $2.3 billion per quarter, I don't expect you to start laying a whole bunch of people off. That is um, really bad. Unless you're simply getting rid of divisions that aren't performing and nobody's buying their product and, you know, yeah. uh, Google Music, for instance, has gone bye-bye. I get you got to let those people go. But 
when you're just kind of laying a whole bunch of people off to trim costs? Really? You're, you you need to trim costs now? Because, yeah, because they need to make more profit. Uh, $2.3 billion a, a quarter is not good money. You know, you're barely hanging on by fingernails there, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I think these big companies need to stop listening to Wall Street way more. Yeah. But they'll never do yeah. that. No. Oh, well. It is what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we did get a, some feedback from Jason Harris on Facebook. He wrote... I listened to the current episode of Tech Fan, which was two weeks ago, um, because, you know, time, or no, it was uh, three weeks ago. Yeah. Or four weeks ago. I don't know. The last one. He said, two things. Both my parents were born in Lynchburg, so I have known about the city. I still think that's a hilarious name for the city. Um, is that, is that is Lynchburg, Tennessee? Isn't that, is that where Jack Daniels is based? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. You could be right. Uh, the other thing is that I gave up drinking Coke back in 2016. Most people snort Coke, Jason. So the fact that you were drinking it, wow, you were hard. Oh, I th- oh, I think he means Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, yeah. Oh, okay, I was kind of worried because that, way, you know, the acidity value of Coke. There's there's a Lynchburg in Virginia as well, so I don't know which one we're talking about here. Um, Yeah, there could be, I don't know. I know Lynchburg, Virginia is probably larger. But I don't remember where I saw the... I have no idea. I might be dreaming Lynchburg, Tennessee. Because after all, I'm not American. I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, that goes without saying. We are. <laughs> we just accept that. Um, something... I, I've been following this story for a while. And I've had the... Uh, n- t- I, I've uh, known it, about it. Was there nothing more beyond the Coke? No, that was it. That was it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, He's given yeah. up Coke. He's given up Coke. Okay. Um because remember, I said I, I gave up drinking soda, and yeah, you're like, should, you're drinking water, and it's soda, and it's not soda. Yeah, we, we, we should, let's face it, we should all drink water. Yeah. Rather than all this other stuff. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, I like, I like water dredged through coffee grain grounds. Well, that's, that as well. I that's also, my favorite water. I'm also a fan, but sometimes you want something cold, and, you know, I, I don't mind cold brew when it's hot. I can't drink, just drink cold brew just when it's not hot. So. Um. Well, it's called cold brew. Um, yeah. It, no, no, I'm talking about when the temperature is not hot. When the, oh, yeah, when I don't like... Not off I don't the like, coffee. No, if I have a cup of coffee and it gets cold, I'm not drinking it. Yeah. My wife will microwave her coffee to make it warm, but I don't know. There's something about that that turns me off. Uh, so there was a, a story in the British press a couple of weeks ago where I think the um, so, some YouTuber had, had done, you know, this is the way to make tea the British way. She was American. Um, and I don't disagree with some of her recipe methods, but she had that American thing of always heating up the water in the microwave. Yeah. And apparently that's a no-no for tea. Um, there is something about that process. I don't understand why, because it's only energy in water. But there's something about that process that apparently destroys the tea. And you really do need to <coughs> heat, boil boil water for tea in a kettle. Not use Well, when you boil water, it stays hotter way longer than if you microwave it. Way water. It, it's not even close. Yeah. Um, hmm. Speaking of uh, the UK, uh, I've been reading about this story for a while now, and I was wondering how much you followed it. Had you know living there, so a bunch of UK postal workers. Now, you, this is yeah, different there than it is here. So, for the American listeners. Uh, we, when we think me. of the postal, we think about this government building and mailman yeah. coming out, but it's different there. So, first of all, explain what the postmasters in this scenario is. Okay, so so um, Royal Mail, which is the uh, which is, is the equivalent the, of the post office, the equivalent of the United States Postal Service. Yeah, it was privatized in the nineties, uh, so it was, which is always a great idea. Yeah, so it's so it's it's a private it's a private company. Um, and what they did is they they span off the uh, actual postal offices, the post the post offices, into a separate company called Post Office Counters Limited. Um, and what happened is that in in the late nineties they decided to modernise this, their systems, and they hired a big company, big Japanese company called Fujitsu, to build a new system called Horizon, which was uh, an electronic till the management system for the post offices yeah but go back uh, a little bit now some of these postmasters these are c- 
they're run out of their houses some of them yeah so so the way the way it tends to work here is yes because we're a, a much smaller com- country than you these these were not these have never been government buildings to be a to operate a post office is you're like a franchisee and you you are trained by the post office and you you have an official title sub postmaster um and you very often you represent your community you are you are like you, you know you're like kind of like a civic leader because running the post office in many small communities is um is often the way own most people will interact with the government you get your uh, benefits checks you get your um you do a lot of civic stuff like your driving license your right. passports and stuff like that through the post office and so in a smaller community and even in smaller parts of much bigger communities you would get to know the people who run your post office and they they would know you they would they really were kind of representatives of the community um and and that uh, and and being a po- being a, uh, a postmaster kind of was a little bit of a leg up from just being a, a shop retailer um and so these people yeah often very often were um had been and it's it, it's kind of like a career so it, operating a post office that probably ever since we started having them in this country was like a career it's almost like a vocation so most people who operated post offices had been doing it for many many years in some cases doing it uh taking the same the same business that their parents did yeah yep. so so that's kind of the background to this so um they decided to bring in this new system horizon and uh, what happened in the late 90s onwards is that all of a sudden these postmasters who many of many as i say have been many many of them been operating their things for years started started finding losses they would balance up the end of the day and find that they were you know a few hundred pounds up to a few few thousand pounds short according to the horizon system and they would ring the helpline and say what's going on and they uh what eventually happened is the post office all said well horizon is always right so you must have stolen the money yep. or somebody in your business must have stolen the money and because the post office is is uh was part of the government it has um commitments to you know maintain what we call the universal service of posting every day uh, and post arriving every day and how quickly letters much like usps does but it also has then special powers to help it do that including the ability to um, launch private investigations and prosecutions of postmasters and this is what it started doing and it prosecuted hundreds and hundreds of people and many of them were compelled to uh, say they were guilty even though they weren't because the way this this system worked was that you would ring up um, the helpline and say oh, i'm i'm 1200 pounds short today and uh um you know the the money's uh, that it's an error and what they would say is well just correct it so you can close your accounts for tomorrow and so they would do a manual correction and those would build up over time as a debt right and eventually the post office say right now you've got to pay this money back and they go well we haven't got the money and we don't agree we ever lost the money and they would go no you've got to pay it back and if people then refused yeah they were taken to court and the evidence presented was well on this day you saw there was a de- deficit and you just zeroed it out so you must be guilty of stealing that money by definition it was it was it, and it's been going on for many many years and then a couple of weeks ago about three four weeks ago the um one of the tv companies here did a a, a five-part document a five-part docudrama about yeah i watched it. a little bit of that yeah yeah that's right where basically it went through this it's been acknowledged for some time that this was um was, this was a scandal that in fact the post office was covering up the fact that their system didn't work properly correct and was going was going after people who actually had done nothing wrong right and it's been completely no, innocent been no, people were, yeah. were losing their lives some of them went to jail I mean, yeah. this, it, that, it's it's awful that, what these that's people been, went through. That's, yeah, that's been known and accepted by everybody for at least the last decade. And yet, making it right by getting these convictions overturned, each one has to go through a really long legal court process. Um, and then there's three or four different compensation schemes to try and claim money back for losses and what have you. It's all been taking a long time. So this, let's, let's back up right for a second. Let's pause. Yeah. Um, the article that I listed on, from Ars Technica, and they did a really good job of this, by the way. Between 1999 and 2015, so we're talking 16 years here, 
more than 900 sub-postmasters and postmistresses were prosecuted for theft and false accounting after money appeared to be missing from their branches. But the prosecutions were based on evidence from faulty Horizon software. Horizon is yeah. Fujitsu, by the way. Yeah. Yes, the camera film company. Some sub-postmasters, sub, <laughs> sub that's not easy to say sometimes, yeah. wrongfully went to prison. Many were financially ruined. Some have since died. And and of those nine hundred, I think so far the number of people who've had the cases ninety three, um, yeah ninety three. So ten percent, um, and the rest is still going through the thing. And most several of them suicides because of this. Yeah, most of them haven't received any money. In fact, um, the guy Alan Bates, who is the guy who was the, the principal subject of the docudrama, yep. received his compensation offer last week, and he said it was a sixth of what I felt I was owed, and I've had forensic accounting go through he said it's a joke um and um yeah because of this this tv drama all of a sudden and there's an election year this year yep. all of a sudden the government has woken up and gone we must do something about this but you well, know they've been they've been the, doing nothing about it for, for 20 years well but let's be and, to be fair a lot of the people that were that are up for election and stuff you could say the government hasn't done nothing for 20 years but most of the people in your government hasn't been in their position for 20 years. And it does take, this is why, this is why a free press is so important. People, you just don't understand yeah. if you don't, you gotta have a free press that can, that can question these things that can put something on TV like this, that can bring attention to an injustice or, or human yeah. suffering or whatever it is. You, you gotta have a free press. Um, and, and the, and the, uh, because it's an election year, because I think ordinarily this, you know, this would have generated a, f- the, a the few. Mo- few. The moment it hits the TV in a four-part series like this, it, it, I think even without election year, something would have been done because it's uh, so egregious. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Things so like cynical. this have no. Well, I've seen it happen. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know how our government works. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's very easy for a minister to come out and defend whatever they're doing and say they're doing their best. And then walk away and hope that it leaves the news cycle. And if it does, then they'll um, do nothing. Then, well, they'll, they'll go back to the status quo. Yeah. And uh, like, let's be honest, they're not doing nothing. They have had compensation schemes, and these things are going through the courts. The difficulty is, is our processes take so long, uh, and you do can't help wondering if um, there is an element of saying, well, the longer we take it, take the cheaper it is because the people people die off and then we don't have to pay them um and and that sort of thing as well is and this is the this isn't the only compensation scandals going on in the uk at the moment there's another one over tainted blood blood products that people received in the 80s and it gave them hiv uh and that's been going on for even longer and it's still not resolved and people haven't had their money there are people who settled here in the 50s um from uh, the caribbean who were invited to come and stay and uh the the government threw out their um, their records and now they've been forced to prove they've got a right to stay here. Otherwise, they get deported. They've been living here for 50, 60 years and they are due compensation and that's not been happening and that's been going on for seven or eight years as well. So this is endemic in our system, unfortunately. Um, it's just interesting that you've got this confluence of events that with the election and uh, a very high-profile TV drama, all of a sudden people are talking about this and are saying it's not good enough the prime minister has now announced that they will effectively write legislation to pardon all of these postmasters this year which is unheard of because normally our our legal our legal system and our parliamentary system have a separation um we don't normally do that sort of pardons in this country so that will get rid of the legal stain but the compensation scheme is still going to go bumbling on and i know how government works everyone will be scrambling around going we need to make sure that people who don't deserve it don't get any money and that's what the schemes are designed to do yeah they're not designed to pay out they're designed to make sure that only the right people get the right amount of money and this is a case where you've got to say well it's been 20 years actually what we just need to do is settle everything and accept that we will pay probably pay some thieves some money um but you know what it's the number of people involved versus the damage it's doing to these people's lives means that that's a, a risk worth taking. And that's what they need to do. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting it's, story. And, uh, you know, 
Fujitsu, I think, should get more of a black eye than they have. They well, they have now. They have, first of all, they have come. I mean, obviously, the people in Fujitsu today had very little to do with this because sure. this was twenty years ago. But they have come mm-hmm. out and said we are responsible. We need to pay money into the compensation fund, and they've also withdrawn from all government contracts they're involved with at the moment. So I think Fujitsu recognised that. Um, finally, after all this publicity, real rapid action was required and, and have taken it. But the yeah, the difficulty is, but effectively, the post office's attitude was always the system. Even though they knew that the system generated errors, they kept on telling everyone, "Oh, the system's always right; it never gets it wrong." Yep. And if the money's if the money's showing up as negative, that means you must have taken it. Uh, and that was their default position. And uh, that's. That's Shameful. the real scandal. It's yeah. a real scandal is because that is they deliberately covered it up yep. uh, and went after people who they knew had done nothing wrong. Um, speaking of doing something wrong, this was kind of an interesting. I found this on Gizmodo, which I don't usually visit very often because they've gone downhill. They're clickbait crap. Um, but they've got a good one. Music piracy is back. And... Uh, to be honest with you, I knew about this because I've used these services to get music that we play uh, when we were doing the themes and stuff like that on the Geeks Pub. Um, call the police. Yeah, call the police. We're bad. Um, people wanting to download music. Now, you know, back in the early days, that was Napster. Yep. And then it was LimeWire and that stuff. That's you right. Know. And then it was the Pirate Bay yep. and the Torrent sites. Yep. And now all this music is on YouTube. Now, you and I know that the audio quality of music on YouTube is pretty awful. Most of it yep. was uploaded not by a record company in the highest quality, but someone uploading their MP3. So now it's yep. been three times compressed. Yeah. Um, and it just sounds terrible. But if you just want to listen to a quick song, YouTube's there. Go ahead and listen to it. It's fine. But if you're going to listen, listen to music, that's you're never going to use YouTube for that. It's fine if you're driving in the car and the window's down. It's who cares. But people want to... I think there's an inherent thing with a lot of people is to own it, to, to have it. So if yeah. my internet goes down, I can still listen to this music. So they're using these websites that you simply put the YouTube URL in and it will download it as an MP3 to your computer. Yep. And that is the new piracy thing. Now, these sites get shut down all the time, but for every one that goes down, 50 more pop up. It's whack-a-mole. Well, not, not only that, I, I mean, there are many, many apps available that do this for you as well. Well, um, yeah, I mean, just as an example, uh, on my Mac, um, I have Audio Hijack Pro. Yeah. I can record any sound that's coming out of my computer. I don't have to give it a URL. Yeah, but but with that, you that's that was always that's always Sony's way of giving you access to digital music was your way you can record it in real time. Yeah, and the mini disc used to do that. I remember if you wanted to get mini disc uh, music off a mini disc, you could record it in real time. But nobody wants to do that. They want to download a digital file. But there are loads and loads of YouTube downloader apps that do the same thing the websites do, which, which by the is, way google will happily show you about and google yeah. owns youtube which i think is kind of ironic yeah exactly um and and some of these apps are paid products there's, uh, there's certainly plenty on the mac um that that effectively you yeah you just browse you youtube through the app or you feed it a url and it will either give you the video or the audio or both into a file that you can then then run on your computer and as you say at lousy quality but let's face it, we were talking about people before listening to music on the speaker coming out the bottom of their smartphone. There are plenty of people who don't care about quality. It's always been the case. You know, you didn't care when back in the day when you were listening to an AM radio, if, if, there, was a, if there was a radio station that played the sort of music you liked because you could hear it, even if it wasn't, you know, brilliant, brilliant hi-fi sound. We'd all, we all like hi-fi sound, but we'll take whatever we can get if we like the tune. I'm, I, you know what interested me more about this article was the comments and the discussion. Yeah. Um, the very first one at the top, he, he writes something that when buying isn't owning, piracy isn't stealing. Well, eh, no, it right. doesn't really work that way, bud. Um, <laughs> and his point, this, this guy's point was, hey, I bought a bunch of music on Google's music store. They they killed the service. I lost all my music. Well, 
You didn't, because if you would have downloaded it and they gave you plenty of opportunity to do so, you'd still own that music. You'd just have the files locally. They weren't encrypted. You could still listen to them. Um, and he's like, well, they just closed it down, so I can't listen to it anymore. Yeah. But you lost it. You had an opportunity to get it. If you lost your CD, that doesn't mean you get to go to Walmart and just take a CD off the rack. Take because, another one. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, but I do understand the the fear of buying music from Apple Music. or Is that the only one you can buy music from anymore? Amazon Music? Can you still buy music there? I don't even know. Um, streaming is just taking over so much. I, I don't know where you can legally buy music anymore. I really don't. Well, so, so streaming is a good example, actually. Because with streaming, you can download the songs locally to your device. With Spotify, you can tag any song you want, and most uh, some of them have it turned off, but most of them, you can download that to your device, yep. and you can listen to it offline. But you still have to keep paying Spotify. If you don't have an account with Spotify, if you stop paying them and they cease your account, then you can't run the app and you can't listen to the songs. They're Correct. paywalled inside the app, right? And um, and also as well, we've all... I mean, I, I used to have... But you didn't actually buy music. that song. You just you downloaded it as the part point. of your you, subscription. Yeah, you buy, you, you buy... you What you're paying for is the right to listen to that song through the service. Correct. Um, and most people don't realise, or they don't seem to understand that that's what they're doing. And we've had this before with Amazon. We had it, I remember quite a few years ago, there was a situation where people had bought an ebook and then Amazon lost the rights to it and they basically disabled the ebook. Uh, and people go, yeah, but I paid for it. It's like, well, yeah, but you didn't. You didn't read the terms of service. And the terms of service are actually you paid for a license to read that. And if they lose the license, they take it, it take, gets taken away sometimes, depending on their terms and conditions. It's. Uh, and even even with physical media, yeah, you were buying you were buying a cop a single copy of it. And if you like you say, if you lost the CD, you scratched the CD, you broke the CD, you couldn't go and ask the record company for another one. Yeah, because they they go fine, go out and buy another one. Oh, we, you know, I, the problem is an awful lot of these arguments that people who pirate make are based on the the predilection that they don't want to pay for the music. And so they come up with all of these straw man arguments, right? A lot of which are bogus. The big one is is always, well, yeah, I owned it back in the day and now I can't play it anymore. So therefore, I, I've got the right to copy it again. Well, legally, you don't. And certainly going to sketchy sites that are, you know, listing lots and lots of music that you don't own and you download those as well. Yeah, it's, it's a straw man argument. It doesn't really stack up. Yep. Now, you know traditionally record companies have gone for the people who enable these things rather than the individuals though occasionally they do go for the wasn't wasn't there a lady who uh son had pirated a whole load of songs and the record company decides to make an example of her and hit her with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, of, of fines yep um and i can't remember how that case resolved but uh she they were liable they never got out of having to pay that yeah so you know, look, we all, you and I have both both admitted on the show that we have done this in the past. We've all done it, yeah. Uh, but don't. I admit fool, nothing. Don't fool yourself that you're, um, you know, you're, you're not liable for the things you've got to take responsibility. Uh, nobody nowadays takes responsibility for the things they do. It's always somebody else's fault. Yep. It, you know, we've all done it, and um, if somebody calls you up over it, you can't turn around and say, oh, it's not fair for the, for reasons. It is the, the truth is, if you don't like the system we have, then you need to lobby your congressman or your uh, MP to try and get it changed. Good luck with that, because uh, getting copyright law changed is not easy. Um, but yeah, that is the system we have. Yeah, yep. that is the system we have, and it's, you know, it's it is tilted not in our favour um, but it never but has been it never has been yeah uh, even back in the day when uh, I, I, you and I are both old enough to remember when they were trying to put levies on blank tapes yep because they said well the only reason to buy a blank cassette tape is to copy an LP a, a record they were uh, and have well yeah and and the music industry said we deserve compensation for that yep i don't think i don't think they got very far with that they did the same with the video recorder 
Yes. You know, when the video recorder came out, they wanted those banned first, and then they said people are going to pirate movies, and you shouldn't have the right to to record a movie off the TV and watch it again. Um, the media companies have always done everything to try and limit your ability to do what you feel is right, um, and the only way to limit that is to is to use use the parliamentary system to get the laws changed unfortunately but going away and, and thinking that you're some sort of um, you know Robin Hood liberating music from YouTube that's right yeah. so that's it for this episode of Tech Fan we hope that you guys have been listening to Geeks Pub uh, we started something new over there we're doing a superhero movie bracket competition uh, we started with 16 movies and David and I I think we only had one or two coin flips um, and we are down to four movies battling for who's going to be the champion in season one and that's Captain America the Winter Soldier against Batman 1989 and then the 2000 X-Men against Venom 2018 so that will be on uh, the next Geeks Pub if you want to see how that bracket turns out tune in we're going to probably I don't know if we're going to do the champion next week but we're at least going to get to the final two um, and then we're going to start again a new one. We're going to do this again because it was a lot of fun and uh, we enjoyed it. We hope you guys are enjoying it. So make sure you check us out. It's geekspubpodcast.com. You can find it on any one of the uh, podcast apps out there, including Apple's that we talked about earlier. Um, you know, check out the show. In the um, meantime, go ahead. Yeah. I'd also say anybody out there who has purchased a Vision Pro, we want to hear from you. Yeah, definitely. I, I, we would like to get Owen on the show because I know he worked on that project. Owen Rubin. Uh, uh, and also anybody out there who's bought a humane AI pin. Yeah. <laughs> definitely like to hear from you. Yeah, that's the chance of anyone listening to the show having one of those is practically nil. Um, David, my friend, good talking to you this week. I'll see you again in a week. See you then. Bye. <laughs>